Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, thank you for joining us for this West London Sport QPR podcast. I'm Dan Bennett. I'm joined as ever by West London Sports Ian McCullough and former QPR striker Kevin Gallant. Kev, last week, you were very impressed. You were very calm, composed. You weren't refusing to get carried away, weren't getting excited. But how's that going for you now after a third win on the bounce on Friday? Yeah, I mean, I did I did predict the 2-1, didn't I? You, I, you did yes. you, yeah. yeah you, we said, you, me and Ian said 1-1. It was looking uh, all right. There was going to be that for a bit, but... yeah. First time I've ever got a prediction right. Well, I always when I do my predictions, I always sort of look at the the team and the players, and I always for this particular game, I think QPR against I've got better players than uh, Reading, so that's why I put them down to win. I know it doesn't always work like that, but uh, regarding getting excited, uh, no, I'm still keeping my feet on the floor. But you know, another tough game on Saturday, but you know, a fabulous win against Reading, not only because it's the third uh, three games on the spin in a, in a week, but one nil down. And it was a tough game. They were they were very direct, Reading. Uh, we coped with it. They were fortunate to get a penalty. We were unfortunate not to get a, well, blatant penalty, handball. So, overcome all that. Uh, Willock was injured. Uh, Led come off, and who's been fantastic for us this season. And... Uh, and we managed and deserved to get the three points, so it was a it was a great um, great victory. So I'm still, you know, it's all about the next game, just the next game, the next game. So the way you, if if you're a football player and the managers, they will just be thinking straight after the game on Friday, lads, well done, brilliant, recover, see you Monday. We're preparing now for Luton, which is a tough game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, before we jump into it a bit more, I just want to say if you're a regular watcher of these podcasts uh, and you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please make sure you do because that really helps us out. And we're almost at um, 3,000 as well. So that would be a, a massive help for us. And if you're listening, um, do make sure you follow our feed so you can stay up to date with our, with our latest episodes. And you can also sponsor or advertise on this podcast if you just email info at westlandsport.com. 
or you can contact me on Twitter at Dan D Bennett underscore. Um, either one of those would be would be fine. Um, but Ian, as uh, as Kev mentioned, there is kind of a game, wasn't it? That came down to decisions in the end, big refereeing decisions that kind of dominated the game. We sat together in the press box and uh and watched it. Um, lots of positives again. Maybe not as big a good a performance as the kind of last couple of games, but certainly a lot of positives to take again. What were your kind of big takeaways from it? What did you um What did you make of it? Um, I think in many ways I'm mildly disagreed. I think it probably was the biggest performance of the week. Do you think? I mean, I just think generally three games in six days. You're at home, mm. everything is going to it. You lose Willock, Ethan Laird leads leaves a fit after 15 minutes. I suppose I'm just thinking Sheffield United because of the the yeah. Size yeah I, of the I, task, I, I, don't, I, mean? I don't I don't I don't disagree, but I just think and also that you know that effort of getting three nine points in three games in a six day week is, is shouldn't be underestimated. That's a Mm. That's a big result Friday, just the, the effort that went into it. And you could sort of see, you know, Elias chair, his reaction at the final whistle. He was sort of run himself into the ground. But um, I think, I think, the, I think both penalties were penalties. I think the one that Reading got was a penalty. Um, I don't know how they've missed the one, the, the handball in the first half that wasn't given. I thought, I thought Mick Bill was quite generous to referee and sort of giving him a pass on on missing that one. And, yeah, I think the fact they won probably helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think you know referees say they don't do it, but I mean, was it soft the range of penalty? You you could say it was, but it's definitely a penalty. And the ref, you know, there was a bit of a squaring up there maybe, but no two no two ways about it. He's dived in, he's got a touch, and in the modern game that's a penalty. And uh, fair play to Dyke, keeping his nerves, buried it in the corner. Um, I mean, I don't know what everyone else was thinking. All I was thinking was, Joe Lumley's never had a penalty with QPR. He's going to save a penalty at some stage. <laughs> and, um, you know, frankly, from a QPR point of view, he didn't. He Dykes buried it. Um, but I thought it was a really big win. Really big. Um, I think he got it right. The, the substitutions um, in the middle of the park. That, that's what won the game, ultimately. Sam Field has had a big week, run himself into the ground. He was... Taken off, Stephanie Hansen. Yeah, big didn't... call, wasn't it? I think it, everyone was yeah. looking at that. I certainly was thinking Irabunum's the one who's going to get taken off here because he was on the yellow, I think. I'm right in saying. And he was giving away a few fouls on that. But he went bold, didn't he? And it worked. Yeah, I mean, Bill, you know, he's had two massive games against Bristol City and Sheffield United. He just looked leggy, pulled him at the right time. Stephanie Hansen didn't really get him... Bit unfair to say he didn't get involved, but, it, you know, he's had better games this season, so he pulled him off. And I thought... You know, when Amos and Dazelle come in, they give the midfield a bit more life and Irabunum grew into the game. And, you know, I thought he had a really good game, actually. He gave away the penalty. and um, But aside from that, I thought, he, you know, he, he did really well. You know, he, he's got a great touch. I'm not going to say it, great touch for a big man, but ability to, to kind of control the ball and then run with it in the same movement is very difficult to do. And, you know, he's got it. And at 19 year old, he looks a really, 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 really good player. Villa have got certainly got a player on their hands there. Um, yeah, and, and Rangers, you know, have got him for the rest of the season. And, um, you know, it's looking good. But, you know, you, we've said it before, we'll say it again. After last season, you can't get too excited. you just got to go. It's great. They're there, they're third. Better to be third in the bottom, in the top three than the bottom three. But it doesn't really mean anything this time of year. Yeah, I mean, just on Irabunum, I was, I was listening to, um, I went to uh, West Ham v Fulham on Sunday, actually, something David Moyes was saying about um, Lucas Paqueta, about his like highs are, are really good, but the lows are maybe a bit too low. And I was thinking about like Irabunum being a bit like that as well. Not necessarily that 
you know, the lows are majorly low, but he was probably giving away a bit too many fouls in dangerous areas. He kind of gave the ball away on a couple of occasions that could be quite costly, but then the highs are, are really good. I mean, because there's a lot of competition in there, in that midfield area now. Obviously, you've got Luke Amos, Andre Dezel, you've got Taylor Richards coming back, who maybe could play in that sort of third um, body in the midfield as well, alongside Field and Johansson. But, I mean, from what I saw from Irabunum, I mean, if I'm picking a QPR team, just the best QPR team for a game, I'm probably putting him in there. Would you agree? Yeah, on, on the evidence of the other night. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Um, it's a nice position to be in. I mean, we've had this conversation before and I know Kev disagrees, but centre midfield for me is the, the position on the part where you need you need depth, you need quality. And if you've got like six players you can call on just to, you know, in the five sub rule era, it's massive to have that opportunity to bring on take off two very good championship centre midfielders and bring on two, you know, very good players and come on and just up the ante a bit. And that's something that Reading didn't have. They didn't have the quality on the bench that QPR did. And um, I mean, that's what, that's what won the three points. Yeah. What about you, Kev? Does Ira Boonham get into your kind of best QPR team? Because, I mean, there's another debate as well, isn't there? Because a lot of the talk over the summer was about, and Beal kind of said he, he wasn't too keen on getting too many loan players in because he wanted didn't want to develop players for other clubs. He wanted to, develop QPR zone players. Obviously, Irabunum is going to look pretty difficult to get him back for any longer than this season because he looks like he's going to be a real talent. Does that come into it at all when you've got like Luke Amos, who is a QPR player, Andre Dezel, or is it just a case of, well, we've got this amazing, well, not amazing, but, you know, we've got this good player. Potentially, if we play him, we might get closer to promotion. Do you know what I mean? Is it about weighing that up or is it just about going with the best team that's going to win? I think it's going with the best team. And and is Irabunum, is, is he in the best team? He put, well, on Friday's performance, I would say, yeah. Um, but regarding, you know, if I'm a manager and I'm looking to win a game against Luton, I'm playing my best team. Mm. If you don't and you lose games, ultimately you get the sack. So it's just, it's, you just always try and play your best team. Uh, who's the fittest? Well, we don't know the ins and outs of training and, you know, we can only sort of, you know, guess what's going on or, whatever, who's training well. I don't know if the manager uh, picks the team on, on the way the players train or their freshness or whatever. But at the moment, I, I'm not going to pronounce his name, I'm going to call him Tim. But at the moment, <laughs> and he played really well on um, Friday and he'll be in the team, I would expect. But you never know, he might... He'll The game against Luton um, on Saturday is, you know, that's that's a tough game. They're a good team. They're very, uh, what's the word? They press high. They want to close you down. I think they put the ball in the box. When they have the opportunity to put the ball in the box, they put the ball in the box. They're very dangerous from set pieces. So Tim's a big bloke as well. You need big players when you play against teams like Luton to head the ball out. And that's not to say Amos might might come into that game, as, might come in and play alongside him for legs to close down as well. We'll have to wait and see, but they've got a lot of options in midfield and the other lad's coming back. What's his name? Um, Richards, Richards. Yeah. He's coming back. So I haven't seen much of him, but I'm sure he's raring to, to play because he's, he's, he played against Blackburn at the start of the season. And, yeah, about 10 minutes, didn't he? And then that was it. And, and by the way, in a month's time, the season finishes for a month. So he will be desperate to get on the pitch and prove his worth. So they've got a lot of options and uh, whether the manager picks it on, you know, performances in training and freshness or he goes with 
you know, who played well in the last game. And I'm a great believer when I play football, if you win, if you won a game, then unless there's like a like a free game in a row, so they've had like eight days off, I'm sort of expecting to play the, the next game if you played in the team that won the game before. So we'll have to wait and see. Mm, I think Richards will be a, a good player to come back because from what Bill said, he can play in that midfield free, but he can also play a bit further forward and obviously with Chris Willock being out for a few weeks or a couple of weeks whatever it is now um, he'll be quite a good option to have in both those areas I think but yeah I agree with you on the Rabunum I think that's more a debate for the kind of people who are working off the pitch isn't it um, about playing your own players over loan players but I think when you manage you just got to go with what's going to get me highest in the table and I think like I said I think Irabunum is is that at the moment I think there are some things he's got to cut out like I said giving away too many fouls in dangerous areas a couple of times when he was bit loose in possession but you know he's what 19 he's a young player it's going to happen and he's got a time to improve that's why he's out on loan the more games he plays the better it will become if he keeps fit obviously but there's a lot of talk in football oh the manager he's a great coach he's a great coach and I think the, the way you get better as a football player is one you're fit and you keep fit two the manager picks you and you sort of learn learn no, in games and with games, and he'll be learning a lot, won't he? With yeah, what he's doing at the moment, yeah, because he's yeah, he'll be playing. So this big game on against Luke. So he played fantastic atmosphere against Reading. That's much better than playing an under twenty three football. Villa. And then he's going to go to Luton, and it's going to be a right. I, I played for Luton. And I played against them. There's no love lost between the two sets of fans, <laughs> and there was a bit of you know banter between. Uh, Luton's manager and then the QPR about over-celebrating, which, you know, the irony on that is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a tough and it's another uh, an experience for the younger players because it's going to be a red-hot um, atmosphere and so much on the line, three points, obviously. So you, you learn by playing football. And and if Tim don't if Tim don't play, he'll be, I, I would say be very disappointed if he, he ain't starting against Luton on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And you can certainly see, I think, why Beal was so keen to get him in and why he was so patient in getting him in. You know, obviously we had to wait right to the end of the transfer window, but certainly looks like a, a really good signing from from what we've seen of him so far. But Kev, I mean, rotation's been quite a big thing so far. Obviously with three games in whatever it was a week, is you, you're going to have to rotate the squad. No way can you play the same team in, in such quick succession. But all the rotations that he's made so far certainly seem to be paying off. I mean, he bought Clark Salter back in for Friday, obviously Rabun and we've just spoken about there as well. Johansson came back in um after arrest as well. But it certainly seems like whatever rotations he's making at the moment uh, are paying off and he's making the right decisions, isn't he, with who he brings in? Well, that's a great point. And and I think we sort of spoke about it last year or something. When so he's got he, he picks in eleven for the game, but then he's looking round and how many subs has he got? Seven. Is it seven mm. subs? Yeah. You can use five. Yeah. So you're looking on the bench and you're thinking, turn around, do you know what? I can trust these players just as much as I trust the ones on the pitch. For whatever reason, the manager picks a team and maybe for a tactic or whatever and freshness, but he's got like seven subs on the bench who can come in and do just as well as the 11 on the, on the pitch. And that's a really good thing. And, you know, when you have that quality on the bench, you've got a good chance of winning more football games than you lose. 
Yeah, I mean, Ian, that kind of brings on to a point that I think you were quite keen, keen to talk about in that this, maybe the squad's in a better position now than it was last season. I think, you know, especially with Chris Willett being out and how costly that was last season. I know it's only the first game with him out on Friday, but the fact they managed to win that um, without him kind of speaks to the, the strength of the squad, do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I still think that there's no one in the squad that is can directly replace Willock. I still think he's the best player in the team. Mm. Um, but I do think if you look back at the Luton game last year, when Rangers, let's be frank about it, were kind of fortunate maybe to win that game 2-1. But the first sort of 60 minutes, Luton just killed them in midfield. Um, to the extent they just lost, they, they, they run themselves into the ground and Rangers basically picked them off. Um, and the midfield, I think that day was sort of starting midfield was Hendrick, Field and Johansson from memory. Um, mm. And they really got kind of, didn't have the legs to kind of deal with them. I yeah, think not a lot of mobility. If, you, though, if you look at the midfield now, I think you've got more legs in there um, with the players you've got. Amos obviously being back and um, Irabunum, um, you know, Dizelle looks a much better player than he did last year. So I think the squad in that respect is stronger. Your fullbacks are better. Um, again, you know, Ozzy Kakai did very well to set up the goal um, on on Friday for Dykes, but there, there was a noticeable drop off in the quality on the right side. That's not to say he did terrible, but you know, Lair's just a, a much better player, and um, you know, Kakai always tries his best, never lets anyone down, but. There was a drop off there when when Laird went off, so you, you you are kind of I think they're maybe weaker in the in the depths at the fullbacks, but I think everywhere else in the squad, I think they're um you know the four centre back the centre backs they got now I think are better than the centre backs they had last year, um you know and I think Tyler Roberts is a good player I think I think up I think he's more, he's a more I think Roberts is he might score less goals than than Gray and Austin, but I think he's a better fit for this side than them two were. Yeah, I mean. Is that it, fair, Kev? Hundred percent. Tyler Roberts for me is not an out-and-out number nine. He's more of a like. I think he wants to play in the positions that um, Willock and Chair play in. That's would if it'd be interesting to see if he, if he had a one-to-one and said, "What's your favourite position?" I would be. I think he would want to play in that position. So, but um, yeah, he ain't. He probably he's not got. He's not. And out and out goal score because when he does play up front, and I said it when I saw him against Millwall and he played up front, he comes deep and he was linking with um, Chair and Willock. And I'm just remembering him just laying the ball out wide, and then that centre forward just runs straight and gets in the box for the cross coming. He didn't. He wanted to go and get the ball again and link up again. But he's a good player. He's got good technique, um, strong, gives us something different, and. Uh, when Willock is injured, which he is at the moment, he's a, a very good replacement. I agree. I, I think he's better um, in that position where he can get on the ball and run with it. There was a really good moment against Reading where he picked up the ball. I think he was just inside his own half and charged forward and cut the ball back and it almost um, created a really good chance. I, I think he's better at doing that. I think, like you say, he's probably more suited to that Willock chair role. But I guess that's a good thing, like I just said, obviously with Willock being out, I mean, that just on that, it was actually quite positive news, about positive as it could have been. I think certainly McBeal thought so that he's going to be back around the time and sort of West Brom Norwich game. So he probably missed like four, five, six games, something like that, which obviously the games come quite quick succession before the World Cups, which in the grand scheme of things, given what 
the hamstring injury was last year is probably quite quite positive news. But to have Roberts who can come in and do that role, and then to have Dykes come back in up top, and you've got Richards coming back, I think they've there's a lot more um, depth there now, and it's something that you know going back to last January, obviously Mark Warburton was quite keen to add another player like that in case one of those got injured. And then obviously it turned out that Willock did get injured and it was really cost- costly for his team. So I think certainly they've got better options in that position. Um, now, but I mean, just on that, Kev, as well, I think you spoke obviously last week about Ilias Chair and kind of wanting to see him step up, not in the sense that he's been bad this season, but in the sense that he really benefits with... Go on. He hasn't been bad. I was only sort of saying it because of last yeah, season with... when... Yeah. when um did get injured and we were like thinking, well, come on, Ilias, you've got to step up into that, you know, into his shoes and be the talisman. And it didn't happen. That's all I was saying. The Willett's now injured. Now's your chance. I'm 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 the main man now. Because Ian just said it, he, he's 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 QPR's best player at the moment. I don't think there's any sort of argument about that, especially yeah, best attacking player. So he's out injured. Come on, Ilias, step into them shoes. And you be the main man. Uh, mm, he's had a good, he's had a really good season. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he can now can he step it up even more. Yeah, because he likes to combine with Willock as well. But I think against Reading on Friday, I thought he had, had a good, uh, good performance. So, I mean, hopefully that kind of shows that he uh, that he can do that and he can obviously take on the responsibility while Willock's out. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And time will tell. Um, Regarding Willock and the hamstring, I mean, it's one of those. It's uh, he's got the, the manager will have to like sort of be careful with him. As in, I would say when he does come back, it will be you're playing an hour here and then an hour and then. It's, just like, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because it was the same as the start of the season where he just wanted. Then he played against Middlesbrough seventy minutes or whatever it was. Then he comes out. It's like just want to see him play all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's so important. It's, it's just a trick. The, the hamstrings are just a tricky injury. I think yeah. with um, Robert's now fit, Amos coming back, there's less, you don't need to rush it. If he's not ready in two weeks, don't rush him. Just get it right. I think the, the, the players they got now, if you can pick up some points from Luton on Saturday, just keep picking up points. And then you, I mean, that's the last thing you want to do, rush him back, feel you have to play him, have to play him, have to play him, and you make it worse. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if QPR, if we... um win the next few games it's be like just take your time take your time i know what managers are like you're losing games and he's turning around to your player when you fit when i need you i need you if you're winning you sort of well yeah take your time be a hundred percent always think when you're hamstrings when you think you're a hundred percent give it another week or ten days to yeah a hundred then that means like in your in your mind so It'd be interesting to see. Uh, will he? Will he? Will he be back before the the World Cup sort of um, break? Mm. I certainly hope hoping that he will be because I think around the time of the Norwich and the West Brom game, there's still a few more games to go after that before the World Cup. So, yeah, hopefully we do get to see him again before the World Cup. But like, say, Donna, when when you got a month break coming up, I think that could actually do a QPR some good. You know, <laughs> a big break in the middle of the season because last year. Not rest. run out of steam, but the injuries and stuff really cost them. So maybe it might be a good thing. Rest up, and but then all teams will probably be thinking that. I mean, you got a few going away, but not <clears> many. Yeah, all teams will be thinking. You know, we've got a month's break. They're probably I don't know what QPR are doing. Will they be going? Does anyone know they're going to do some warm weather training? And 
I don't know. I would think so, though. You think? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd be very surprised that they don't go somewhere. And it's like a mini preseason again, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think they give them a month off. That that would be uh, no, that probably no, won't go too well. A week off, and then you're back in three weeks, and then yeah, and then you you'll do a like a a go away for a week, and where you can get some real two or three times a day training in, and and then you know if QPR in a position. At that stage, it's still in the top six, and you're like kicking on for the rest of the season. Then everyone's f- f- refreshed, recharged, and raring to go. Mm. Okay, we've got to give him a mention. We've spoke about him enough on this podcast in a uh, in the last few weeks for for not so good reasons, missed chances. But Linda Dykes comes into the team, scores twice. Loves playing against Reading, scored twice against him last year on his birthday as well. Another headed goal, a really good finish with his head. You know, there's been no issues with his heading this year has there any chance that comes to his head he's buried it it's just the ones with his feet but obviously scored from the penalty spot as well um good, let's yeah. just say what yeah let's just say what Mick Beard had to say about him actually because uh, he was very complimentary of him after the game you touched on it there but obviously massive for Lyndon Dykes to get those two goals today I'm delighted for him I, I really am I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for him because uh, he carries it around his neck more than people realise you know I work with the boy every day and he gives us everything he's got and um, you know today it's an instinctive header and then the biggest thing for me is we never nominated a penalty taker because in the moment we've got three or four that want to take it you don't know who's on the pitch so in the moment he picked the ball up and he went and took it and I think you know he's missed a couple down that end this season and you know it's fair to say that he knows that he would like to score more he knows that the fans are demanding him to score more so to pick that penalty up and score it late on I think that shows the the, the, the the quality of the man really so he's always got my backing because of how he is around the building he actually apologised to me on Tuesday for the miss in the second half at Sheffield United and I've said to him he needs to stop that it's the second time this season he's come and apologised he doesn't need to he's given me everything this is not a, this is a boy that doesn't cut any corner any day so he deserves tonight and I'm absolutely delighted for him okay, I mean how you know as a striker you look, I'm sure you'd have been through a few dip, difficult runs where you missed some chances and that it's just, we've spoken about this before. I mean, we've said it a lot of times that maybe this can be the time he kicks on and it's not really happened. But do you think this is quite big for him with Willick being out and obviously that presenting an opportunity for him to come back into the team when he's not been in the last couple of games? Yeah, so you see, that's that's football in a nutshell. It's like one player gets injured, you're out of the team, you can you come back, you score two, you're the hero and things can change quickly in football. So, so quickly like that. Um, very good header, you know, you know. <laughs> And you're right. We need more chances to go to his head. Because, Cross it in the air. Yeah, just just head it in. When uh, <laughs> he's going to take the penalty with his head. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and he took the penalty very well. Look confident. And he looked confident, and he'll, he'll be buzzing. Obviously, be buzzing. Two goals, match winner on Sky, and he'll probably be raring to go now for the uh, Luton game. And we keep saying it, and, we're, and you're right. Is this, you know? The kickstart because that when that first season when he didn't score for ages and then he went the last two months of the season he went on a run and every every time he had a shot it seemed to go in and he wasn't thinking about it it was just put your foot through it and it goes in the back of the net and he needs to get back to that run and he's now got an opportunity to to be in the team because of Willock's injury and to be the number nine well ho- hopefully hopefully he can kickstart his uh, his um goal-scoring run this season, those two goals. Yeah, but I hope it works. It's all three goals now. 
And if he'd have taken those two easy chances, he'd have five. And you're like, that's a good return at this yeah, stage. Very good. Yeah. No, exactly. That's what I spoke about a lot. I mean, it's just, and they, they weren't, it's not like we're saying, oh, we could have, but, you know, they were kind of sort of difficult. They were just really easy chances. I mean, the one against Hull, I mean, you know, yeah. fast, fast majority of players in the Football League are scoring that Ian, chance, would, aren't they? I just, I don't know what it was. Uh, Ian, would you have thinking there? Ian, would you have tucked them away in your heyday? <laughs> Mums and dads up and down the country would have tucked that away. Grannies, aunties, <laughs> uncles, you know. <laughs> but I mean, like Lyndon, he's he's like a player that like I find myself rooting for because like I think he does so many good things on the pitch and he like really puts a shift in for the team. And we kind of spoken earlier this season about the that positive effect that he has on Willock and Chair by doing the kind of dirty work and. I just, I want him to, I really want him to do well. I want him to get the goals to go with it. So I was pleased to see him score twice. And like, so hopefully that can be the sort of time, you know, that can be the, the catalyst for kicking on now. But we've said that quite a lot in the past and maybe it's not quite happened for him, but let's see. But I think with him as well, like, I mean, that first goal, it's just, a, it, it sounds really obvious, but he just attacked the front post. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm not blessed in striking. I'm never a striker, but you, you know, you always attack that front post. Yeah, he's attacked the post, but the, the, the main thing for him, he's done it sort of without thinking. So the chances yeah. that he's had that he's missed and you're thinking, they're like sort of easy chances he's had time. This is just like a spur of the moment. I'll get my head to it and it goes in. And they're like harder chances, but he's mm. tucked them harder ones away than the easier ones where he's, I've got a bit of time and I'm thinking about it. When, when you're striking, you just do it without thinking, then that's when the goals come. And I think he deserves a you know a lot of credit really for that that penalty. He's a striker. Striker should be taking the penalties, but I think all the penalties he took in front of a loft were in lockdown. No one there. You know when you're struggling, you've missed sitters in front of those fans, and the fans have never they they stayed behind him. To be fair, you got Joe Lumley with the mind games and Reading players scuffing out the penalty spot. There's that two minute delay live on TV. There's a lot of a lot of nerves there. You know. Yeah. And he did well, great penalty, put it away. And, you know, you sort of look at him and go, you, you, he's got it. He's got something there. He's not, you know, and you do hope it kicks on. I mean, he hasn't in the past. He sort of scored goals and you think, here we go. But, you know, hopefully now, just for his own confidence, you know, that'll be something. Because, I mean, to take, again, to take that penalty, it wasn't a sign of man that's got no confidence and looks bereft and in front of goal. He buried it beautifully. And, you know, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And something you'll have just heard Bill say there as well, and we heard him after the game, Ian, was that they didn't have uh, a penalty taker. They know what they Bill hadn't said, you're the penalty taker. So it was kind of in the moment. And, you know, Dykes goes and picks up the ball and with all the things that you just said with the pressure on him, and he goes and takes it and scores it. So, I mean, Kev, that is a positive sign in itself, isn't it, that he's at least wanting to... He's not shying away from it. Because sometimes... Uh -huh. It's been a theme. I heard them talking about uh, Monday Night Football the other day. They were saying about that pressure and like Gary Neville was talking about when he was going through a tough patch and he was sort of shying away and didn't want the ball. But Dykes actually went and picked it up and took it. So that's that's a real positive, isn't it? When you take a penalty and you, you and you you know everyone and it's, you know everyone's watching you, so the pressure's there. Not only is the pressure from the crowd, but it's on live on TV. And he's probably his family in Australia are probably watching it as well. Oh, his family are in the ground. More pressure then, so they're there. So, don't want to let your mum down, do you? Well, not really, but you just don't. 
you just, I've missed a penalty and you just feel like you just want the ground to swallow you up. You're just like, because everyone's, you know, everyone's just like, watch this, like, not a nice feeling. And for someone, now it would have been interesting if he would have took the penalty, if he hadn't scored the first goal. Would he have had the confidence? Yeah. Did the first goal give him the confidence to go mm. and take the penalty? Mm. The penalty was before the first goal. Would he have took it? Would he have scored? So, sort of, the the, the, the really good header, he's now buzzing. And now, yeah, penalty, you're the penalty taker. I'm confident. I'll go and... And he just, he stroked it in lovely, didn't he? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that was going through his mind, but you kind of wouldn't be human, wouldn't you? If you're thinking, if I miss this, <laughs> yeah, in this game, it's going to, it's either going to make or break me. And I think, you know, that's... I was kind of watching through my hand, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, please score it, just bury it. Watching it, I thought he's going to whack this as hard as he can. And he didn't, he just calmly just stroked it into the bottom corner. Yeah, I mean, because like you say, and even with, with the headed goal, it's like that's kind of in the category of itself because we know he can score with his head because he's done it already this season. It's the chances with his feet where the issues lie. And, you know, with that penalty, it was like, oh, just, you know, you just really wanted him to score it. And thankfully he did because, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, had he missed that, it's just like you're back to square one again and everyone's deflated and you're like, oh, like it's such a big penalty as well. And, you know, that win puts him up to third and, you know, such a big moment, but let's say fair play to him because he actually took it on and decided to take it and, and did what he had to do. So, but uh, but yeah, like Ian, as I mentioned there, obviously up to third in the table now. I think you've been quite keen to stress it. You know, it's early, it's not get carried away as Kev has been, but is it still too early to say that this team are sort of genuine promotion contenders? Are we not quite there yet to, to label teams as that? Or what do you think? Well, I think they were for the most of last season, weren't they? Yeah. You know, they were in the top four for, until March. So I mean, I've read, I mean, read something in that we're three points better off at this stage last season than last season. Hmm. So we, so I've like, I've got a good team. But I just feel I'm not going to get carried away because I think we're we could be a few injuries away from. I mean, if the yeah. fullback gets injured and Willock gets doesn't come back, he's, I'm sort of a bit little bit worried about the fullback situation. With hmm. we've got the depth there. To maintain a promotion push, mm. yeah, do you agree with that, Ian? As well, yeah, I, I do. I mean, uh, we, we've already, I've already said, like you know, the fullbacks. I think they do look. We do look a lack depth on either side, or, but again, I mean, I didn't really get the whole doom and gloom at the start of the season. I mean, I think that I know there's a lot of high expectation last year, but and um, I don't want to really bring up Brentford, but the way they went up, they 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 knocked them a door for about three years before they actually broke through and really last year let's be frank about it, it was the first season that Rangers have since they've got relegated from the Premier League was the first season where they've you know been in contention for promotion it's usually been you know between sort of 16th and 12th that's where they're they're sort of where they've lived um and albeit where they fell away last season due to I mean there's various factors for that but you know the injuries were significant in in, in you know, for that um for that downturn. But so I always thought like the players they've kept and the players they've lost, you've kept the players that were good for you last year and you brought in players that were better than what you already had. And you've got a new manager come in. Um and I think now he's got players available to him. We're sort of just starting to see what he wants, what he can do. And the, the team look good. They do. But I mean there's there's no I don't think this division there isn't a team like Fulham were last season that is 
ahead of so far ahead of everyone else. I really do think there's there's some good teams in there that will be there or thereabouts. But you know, I don't look at Norwich in the same way I looked at Fulham last year, and I don't look at I certainly don't look at Burnley and think, oh, you know, you're anything to fear. Got some good you players as well. Obviously, they're, they're the league leaders I think, at the moment. I mean, they got a few injuries at the moment. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I think Stoke will be there or thereabouts. Um, I think Sunderland will be there or thereabouts up there. You know, Luton will be sort of knocking on the door. There's, there's, but there's no, there's no, none of those teams I've mentioned there are stand back and go, oh, yeah, they're a, they're a great side. They're good sides, got some good players, you know, well coached. You know, it's wide open, I think, and there's no reason why Rangers, you know, can't be in the top six. And I think they should be considered. I mean, I, I said last week they should get more respect than what they do. It's kind of like, oh, QPR surprise package. Well, how they a surprise package? They were, as I say, on Paddy's day, St. Patrick's Day last year, they were fourth. All right, and they finished 11th, but they were there all season. So, you know, there's no reason why they, they can't be sort of, you know, in contention for a top top two, top six spot. No problem. I agree. I, I think it's early days. Completely early days. Yeah. <laughs> Almost had you there. <laughs> I agree. I think it's... Ian, just tell the truth. Champions. <laughs> Going up. <laughs> well, I said last year, I backed them at 30 to 1. So if they're champions, I'm... the beers are on me. Yeah. How I'm much just... have you got on it? Pound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 30 quid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a weaker championship this year, and I think QPR are in a better situation to challenge this year than they were last year because of the depth that they've now got. I think, like you, I agree with you, and I think the squad is in a, is in a stronger position. But I think, yeah, like I say, two things, and it? it's going to be keeping the players they've got fit, which is the same for every team, really. In it, injuries sort of make or break a season, but especially for QPR with someone who's as important as Willock. I know they obviously won without him on Friday, but. You know, if he misses sort of lengthy spells, certainly do you think the team's going to suffer as a result? So hopefully he can come back um, in the form that he was in. And I think getting some more fullback depth, because like I say, I mean, Ozzy Kaka can come in and do a job and he did well on Friday, but I think that left back as well. You're looking at a kind of pal injury and suddenly you're in a real like struggle, aren't you? Because of what Powell gives you going forward as well. Um, you know, I know they can they can put a makeshift centre back in there for, for a game and it probably won't be too costly but I just think you know if, if Pal or Laird miss a lengthy spell then that could be really problematic and we saw how big injuries were last season so I do think they need to address that in January I think that is something that Beal probably will be lining up already and thinking about early in January need to line up some some fullback depth because I think without that that, that could be a potential um potential area for for concern but um anyway we'll move on to uh to our predictions and then our sort of preview I said okay you said Luton obviously one of your your former clubs obviously to start started pretty well this year not quite as um as good as they were last season so far but they've you know they've been they've been decent how what would you like to see McBeal do here for for this game you say is it a case of keeping the the team the same as what it was Against Reading on Friday, and we said they've had a bit of a break now, haven't they? Do you think he, he keeps a, sticks a winning team, or because of the challenge of Luton, it's quite unique, isn't it? Kind of worth road with the pitch and everything. Is that, is that tight? QPR is quite a tight pitch and good atmosphere. They're, they're, they're a physical team. They're good at set pieces. Uh, they put the ball in the box. They're not like a real, you know, silky. I mean, I say QPR is not a, a sort of a silkier 
football team passing and move. They're not more like that. They'll put the ball in the box very early. And when they get in the position to, they won't turn down that opportunity. So it's going to be a tough game. Um, I would say he'll go with a, is the, uh, a more physical team, his biggest team that he can put out. And uh, I think it'll be a tight game. I think we sort of got the the edge on them. I think they've in 33 years, they've only beat us two times. I might be right. Oh, really? I think something like that. Yeah. We're sort of a bit of a bogey team for them. So I'm going to go 2-1 QPR. Do you think Rob is Rob so Rob Dickey's is he fit now, Ian? Is he ready to come back in? He's Scott been training, isn't he? Well, he come on he came on again on Friday, didn't he? Oh, of course, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um 20, Yeah, so he's back. Yeah, do you think um do you think he comes back in, Kev? Is that is that one for I think there's a good chance if he's uh if he's hundred percent fit and the manager thinks he's fit enough to, to start the game. He'll be desperate to get back in the team and play. Uh, let's be fair, he's been our best centre-back for the last three seasons. So He think... certainly brings that strength and physicality, doesn't he? That you were just he's big in... out of all the centre-backs. The way QPR play, he's, he's probably the best, well, best right-footed uh, centre-off who can come and bring the ball out into midfield and start attacks. So I would not be surprised if he starts the game on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, is Laird fit for Saturday? Yeah, he'll be fit. Yeah. It's a precaution, wasn't it? I think he yeah. was sort of saying afterwards that it was more just to protect him because of the games that he played in quick okay. succession. So, hopefully so I would say I would say Dickie will come back in. It'll be just interesting to see who's going to uh, play the midfield. Um, will Amos come in for Johansson for more energy and more legs? And then maybe bring Johansson on when the game settles down a bit in the last half an hour where you can pick a pass. Yeah, it be interesting. The manager has got, um, he's got a good, good problems, good problems to select a, a team because he's got a good squad, with good, good players, especially in the midfield area. I mean, the, the center half area and the midfield area are like, you know, who'd you pick? Cause none of them are going to let you down. The right back and left back pick themselves and the front three at the moment, because well, Willock's not there. I think pick themselves, Dykes, Chair and Roberts. It's who's going to play centre-half and in midfield. Mm. What do you think, Ian? Who, who plays in those positions for this one? I, I, I generally don't know. I mean, Leon Balagon hasn't done much wrong, has he? Um, yeah. Play centre-back. I mean, Dickie would always be in my team. But, you know, I think I would be happy if any of the four centre-backs played whoever plays. You know, Jimmy Dunn hasn't done much wrong. Um. You know, I think the key to this game is going to be the midfield. I think they really do press. Um, you know, they were, they were actually quite good, actually, in the first hour of that game at Kenilworth Road last year. Um, the Scottish midfielder, whose name forgets me at the minute, Alan um, Campbell. Campbell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good player. I like He looked really good that game. Um, so you need legs in there. It's going to be a real battle. Uh, the, the lad they bought from Barnsley, he's done quite well, Morris. Um you know, the big lump who was at Walsall, Adebayo. Adebayo, um, yeah. Adebayo, he's, you know, he's back scoring goals again. Um, but, you know, and they've got a manager who's very, very intense kind of human being. who's desperate to beat QPR. He's got a terrible record. I think he's, I don't think he's ever beaten QPR from when he was Stoke manager and that. And, uh, you know, he's going to be desperate to 
to win that game. Their fans are going to be up for it. It's going to be a tough game. It is going to be a tough game. But, you know, is it any tougher than going to Sheffield United? Is it any tougher than going to Watford? Is it any tougher than going to Millwall? You know, uh, Rangers have been good on the road. Um, they are going to turn to win 2-0. I think carry keep it going. I think, I think honestly, again, the game last season, the Kenilworth Road, Senny wasn't playing. I mean, it showed on Friday with difference having him between the sticks. I mean, just that yeah, last... Yeah, when he um, come and claim yeah, that cross at the end. Claim that cross right at the massive, end. Massive, wasn't it? It's like... You know, yeah. and they get, but the game's not the game at um, Bristol, at Sheffield United and they push him the last sort of 15 minutes. He's just so confident and comes and takes crosses and actually get, just gives comments confidence to the, to the rest of the team. I mean, I've said it before, like when he wasn't playing last year, it was a yeah, massive loss, huge loss, as big as, almost as big as Willock not being there. Just... Confidence he gives to the, the, the defense. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna get right get Rangers to tip Rangers to uh keep it going. I'm gonna go for 2 0. All right, well, sorry to bring the mood, bar, mood down, but I think it could be a draw. I think it's a tough game, tough place to go, and it kind of off road playing Lewin. Yeah. So I I feel like a draw, well, actually, I think it'd be a good result as well. I think like one all maybe. I know I said one all last week, but I'm gonna go one all again. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um if it was quite a similar team to what he played against Reading, maybe go with Vera Boonham again. Um, I think Clark Salters looked really good actually when I've seen him mm. play. I know he's obviously been injured for most of the season, but I think he'll keep his place in the team. And then it's just sort of who plays next to him, isn't it? Really, obviously with Dicky coming back, see go back in. I like, you know, really like Jimmy Dunn. I think he's had a good season as well so far. It's, like I say, so much competition in there with Balogun as well. It's, it's really, really difficult for the manager. It's obviously a good job. They're, they're, they've got a big two centre forwards. They're big, they're physical centre forwards. So is, is, QPR are going to go, well, I'm going to play our most physical centre-halves. Who are they? Because they're all quite physical, really, but it's a tough decision, isn't it? It's like Balogun yeah. is like sort of an out-and-out defender, isn't he? He's just like, like a stopper. Mm -hmm. He is, but also can bring the ball out into midfield. Jimmy Dunn, solid, good in the air. And uh, Clark Sorter is more left-footed, brings balance to the team, can bring the ball out as well. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting sort of, uh, you know, we said about horses for courses. I think that will be the in the mind of the manager's um, team selection. Yeah, I like Clark Salt because obviously he brings you that left-footed balance as well. But he also he's got like speed about him. So I think like on the bigger pitches as well, especially it works because if you have like someone more physical alongside him, um, not that Clark Salt is not physical, you know, he can do that side of the game as well. But if you've got like a Dicky or a Dunn alongside him, and then you've got him, I think it works really well. So yeah, I think I think he'll keep his place, and then. Just yeah, uh, yeah interesting to, to see he, what he goes with. He's been really impressive, actually, Clark's also in the, the last couple of games. He was, um, I've got to be honest, I, I had seen him play for other teams, but he hadn't, I hadn't really noticed him, if that makes sense. Um, so I didn't know a great deal about him when they signed him. Um, he did okay the first game at Blackburn, but it wasn't really enough to sort of say, yeah, he's really good. But I mean, at Bristol City, he was really, really good. And, um, you know, again on Friday, I thought, you know, because they're a handful up front, ready with Carroll and um, Lucas Yao. I thought, you know, they, they him and uh, Jimmy Dunn dealt with them pretty well. So it's uh, going to be yeah, another test on Saturday. So, um, it's a similar you know. task, won't it, probably, with Luton, with like Adebayo and like, you feel like, because it worked quite well against Reading dealing with those, maybe he just yeah, plays. I think they've got a bit more pace players. about them. I think the Luton forwards a bit more pacey than what Reading have. What, than Andy Carroll? Yeah, that Morris is quite cool. <laughs> I remember... I remember Morris scoring against the Rangers for Barnsley um, in lockdown when Barnsley 
what do you call him, Ishmael's team just physically beat up QBR. And yeah, he started really well as well, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been a good pickup for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it should be a um, interesting game anyway. Whatever happens, but uh, but we'll see. But yeah, um, let us know what you think about what we've spoken about today. If you're watching us, um, do leave us a comment in uh, in the comment section below on YouTube and leave us a like as well. And like I said, um, do make sure you're following our our podcast feed. Stay up to date with all the latest episodes and uh, leave us a positive review as well. That would be uh, that would be great. And uh, yeah, thanks for for watching or listening. And we'll be back again very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.